0: The, the balance <laughs> <Dang it. laughs> <laughs> The out of sync balanced besties. Come <laughs> <laughs> <God> on, <damn. laughs> One more time.
1: Hi, I'm Tiffany. And I'm Jessica.
0: And we've been friends since we were four years old. We were bridesmaids in each other's weddings. And our daughters were born exactly two months apart. Despite taking our own personal journeys,
1: somehow we ended up sharing very similar philosophies on family, wellness, and the world. So we thought it'd be fun to let you in on the conversations we have all the time. We may not have it all together, but we found easy ways to balance the important things in this crazy world. We are the The balance besties. (laughs) Oh, Lord, have mercy. All right, welcome to part two of our talk on birth control. Mm -hmm. We thought that it would be good to divide this one up into two episodes because it's a lot of information. So I hope you guys found part one valuable. And we wanted to talk in this episode more about um, getting off of hormonal birth control and things like the copper IUD if you feel like it's affecting you and then some other options for you as far as non-hormonal birth control.
0: So before we get into that specific, all that stuff, let's first cover some symptoms that people should kind of be aware of to be looking forward to know whether or not maybe they're being affected by their birth control. Yes. So do you have, what, what have, what are some of the symptoms you've experienced or that you're aware of Tiff? So some of the experiences,
1: depending on the birth control would be things like um, anxiety, depression, um, changes in your skin. Um, heavy periods, um, restlessness, um, sleep issues. Um, Those are all things that over the years I have experienced, um, whether it be on when I was on hormonal birth control or on um, the copper IUD, that was mostly like the heavy periods. That was also a crazy time for me because I had a really really needy baby. And so that whole few mm-hmm. years is kind of a blur, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but I just never will never forget how heavy my periods were during that time. So mm-hmm. and hair loss too. I do really remember, you know, the more you've talked about it, I kept thinking about it and I'm like, man, Jess and mm-hmm. I talked a lot about her hair loss um, and mm-hmm. how she noticed a change after getting off of the copper IUD. And like, the more I've thought about it, the more I've been like, I do remember having major hair loss and I just mm-hmm. attributed it to postpartum, but it just was never ending. It was like yeah. years late, you know, like after a year, I was like, I'm still losing all this hair. And I don't mm-hmm. know why, you know, I guess it's a postpartum hair loss, but no, it's
0: not, it shouldn't go on for years on end. That's not normal. Right. No. And, and I did the same thing, right? Like I've just kind of, like I said earlier, just like wrote it off as like part of having a baby. And, and then I was like, oh, well, I have long hair now. So it just seems like a lot. Right. Um, but it, oh God, my hair came out and like, I could, sorry, I could brush my hair, my hands through my hair. And literally I would have like, just, it didn't matter how many times I did. it, I would always have like 10 strands of hair in my hand. Right now right. I have none. Yeah. Um, my floor was covered in hair. I'm like, this seems wrong, but you know, I still got a head of hair. So I guess I'm doing all right. Right? Um, so, but fortunately I have a lot of hair. I can't imagine how much hair I'm going to have now that it's not falling out. Um, but yeah, like you said, skin, skin changes, um, uh, fatigue, um, or, you know, mood issues, uh, even like hair growth, like on your face. Um, what else I had, nausea extremely uncomfortable periods or cramps um probably digestive issues that i experienced that i didn't know were part of it um i mentioned some weird things like the weird numb kind of situation around my eye or the muscle twitching um oh really weird one i think i told you about this yeah um some people will tell you like will I think it's relatively rare because I mentioned it to a group of my friends too, some of my colleagues actually. And they were like, uh, yeah, we don't have this, but when I eat beets, my pee would turn pink.
1: Do you have this you at all?
0: No, I remember you telling yeah. me that. So like, I don't know if you eat beets, I know this happens to some people. I know I'm not alone on this, but literally like immediately my pee would be like pink from eating beets. And ever since I've had the copper IUD taken out, it's no, no longer like that. So this is really random change, right? so mm-hmm. random and i and the only thing I can figure out from it is I googled it, I'm like why why does beets cause your pee to be pink? and the only thing they've they kind of associated with is iron deficiency, so I don't know if I had an iron deficiency this whole time because of my birth control
1: yeah
0: um so that's another thing you might look for if you have an iron deficiency or anemia mm-hmm. um trying to think of other things I had going on. Um, they're, they're numerous. Um, but those are some things you can look out for, um, to, to see whether or not maybe birth control is affecting you. If I, if anything else pops in my head, I'll just shout it out annoyingly. Yeah. Well, um, that's another
1: thing to think about, you know, you mentioned the iron deficiency. Um, if you are somebody who is on, um, birth control and you were like, Nope, I still want to stay on this. Um, it's important to me to be on this, make sure that you're taking things, um, supplementing with things like vitamin C or vitamin E, um, because hormonal birth control especially can affect your magnesium, your zinc, selenium, um, folate levels, your CoQ10, it really affects your mitochondrial health. So it gets down to like the cellular, cellular level. Um, Mm -hmm. so making sure that you're supplementing with things like magnesium, especially for so, so many things, magnesium is important. And a lot of Mm -hmm. us are deficient in it um, and selenium um and then vitamin c and e for sure so if you are somebody who is on you're like no i still want to stay on this i highly recommend that you um add some supplements to your uh, routine
0: yeah if- I, and i will just want to throw it out there i can't help myself um good quality supplements please and if possible food derived supplements um yeah, we could do a whole that, episode on supplements sometimes yes <laughs> i'm sure we will <laughs> but i gotta throw that out there Okay. so Um,
1: You're like, yeah, I'm, I got, I've recently gotten off birth control. I think I'm ready to get off birth control or I see it in my near future, getting off birth control. What do you do? Um, one thing that I thought too, which I didn't think about when I was a teenager, duh, but a lot of women will be like, Oh, I'll just wean myself off of it. You know, I've been on birth control for a long time. I'm just going to wean myself off of it. No, you do not wean yourself off birth control. You, it is something that you do cold Turkey because Birth control, it's the same thing if you get a device removed, right? You get your IUD removed or you take the Nuva ring out or whatever. It stops it. You have to stop it like that because it's only effective as you're using it, right? Birth control only works if you're using it the way it's meant to be used. Otherwise right. it doesn't, right? It and doesn't really, work. I
0: at mean, all. Yeah. I mean, just just get it out. And I would say just prepare yourself for what's going to happen post. Yep. It's a know, hormonal take, take shift. In, yes. So you're getting, there's going to be changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I guess what we could talk about now is what you may experience as you come off of birth control. Right.
1: So, um, they talk a lot about things like, um, well, one thing to do is like getting your body prepared, um, for a few months before you decide to come off. Um, so working on your diet and lifestyle changes, things like that, Please. can kind of help make it be an easier transition as you, when you, for when you decide to come off birth control, but you will still experience, um, things that they, um, called post birth control syndrome. And that can happen, um, within like the first four to six months of getting off of, of birth control.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and to speak to what you just said too, um, in preparing for having the number one focus I'm going to recommend for preparing for this is get your digestion in order. Yeah. Hands down. I mean, generally speaking, that should always, like if you have any digestive issues, focus on that for the first thing in your above all else, but yeah, in preparation for this, yeah. Get nutritionally like in order, um, fix your diet, however you need to. Um, and then, yeah, Fix your gut if it needs to be fixed. If you're not digesting, if you're not pooping every day, you need to get that fixed. Okay. So then from there. Yeah. And then just be prepared to support your body
1: after you get off of it for a good like six months or so. You know, I say three to six months, be prepared to take extra, extra care of yourself. Don't get off. You're going to get off and you're going to have these symptoms and you're going to say, no, I got to get back on. It's like, no, I'm having all of these. I'm, I'm not sleeping and, or my skin's breaking out or I'm stressed out or I'm having these issues. It's like, no, that's your body coming, making that hormonal shift, getting all of those artificial hormones out of your body and working to incorporate natural hormones back into your body. Cause it's been, you've had all those artificial, um, estrogens and progestins in your body and it's got to get those out. Your body has to
0: detox those. Exactly. So generally speaking, when it comes to detoxing, your symptoms get worse before they get better. Um, so I experienced this with having my silver fillings removed and doing mercury detox. And then I had the same experience with the copper ED as I detoxed copper. And I'm still going through that three months post removal. Um, the copper toxic website talks about, um, and I would say this is probably very accurate and it's going to be very individual depending on where you are in your health journey and how, how, long you may have had say the iudn or the birth control you were on um lots of factors here but anywhere from six months to two years you could be dealing with symptoms and they will ebb and flow so we'll call that uh, w- what's often called um uh in my group it's copper dumping but if you're detoxing anything it's a dumping right so you'll go through these stages where your body is like oh yep we're in a good place now time to get rid of some more gunk and it releases all the stored toxins in your body to the degree that it's ready to and you'll just start dumping stuff out and your symptoms will get worse as it releases into your bloodstream so you have stored toxins stored metals so the copper um, will release from your tissue and you will feel that release from your tissue you'll have soreness twitching, tenseness, nausea, fatigue, as it gets into your bloodstream. And, and also, so your body detoxes, not only there's, there's several avenues that your body detoxes through your um, digestive system um, through and your liver is a part of that, Um, your kidneys, your lungs and your skin. So your skin is probably going to get a lot worse because it's like your biggest, detoxing organ. Mm-hmm. So when everything else is kind of backed up, your body pushes through the skin. So your skin's probably going to get worse yep. as you, as you heal. Yes.
1: But it will get better. It will Stick, get with better. It. I <laughs> Stick
0: with it. I promise. Stick with it. Don't of <tools>. give up. <laughs> no. And there's a lot of tools to support detoxing. I am a huge proponent of Epsom salt baths, bentonite clay. Um, I use something called modified citrus pectin. Um, People use chlorella, um, fiber, chlorella, extra water, like a lot of extra
1: water. I mean, that's just another easy way to help flush a lot of stuff out. I think water is always important, but especially as you're trying to detox your body from stuff, getting enough water is
0: imperative. Make sure it's good quality filtered. Yeah. water
1: and if you aren't sure about your tap water it's a whole nother thing we could talk about but if you aren't sure about your tap water um and how how clean it is you can go to the ewg website um, or just search ewg water rating type in your zip code and it'll tell you um give your water your tap water city water a rating so so um, let's talk about um some non-hormonal birth control options Um, and even non-copper IUD because Jessica and I are both not a huge fan some doctors would say well you do the copper IUD because it's not hormonal and I would say yes it will work for some women but in my experience almost every woman that I know that has used the copper IUD has had issues um the heavy periods being a huge huge part of it and that can be it can really be if it's as bad as mine where it can be like debilitating to living your daily life
0: Yeah. So I went from like a really light period, like super light to a very heavy and it just kept getting worse and it kept going for more days. And then I started bleeding during ovulation, but that's probably like the most obvious, like yeah, thing from it. Right. Right. And then all the other stuff that nobody thinks about that we've talked about this whole time. Yeah. So
1: other options are things like barrier methods, um, diaphragm cervical cap, which I know is harder to get on. Um, Get a hold of these days is not super popular. um Condoms, I think it's important. It's like we have kids eventually, you and I eventually are going to, ugh, terrible to think about, but become sexually active. <laughs> like knowing how to put on a condom properly, I think mm-hmm. for women is super important because guys will just a lot of times be in a huge rush to get it on there and, mm. you know, it doesn't go on right. And then there are also some apps out there. The one app that I really like is called the natural cycles app. um, And it tracks your cycle and it's like the fertility awareness method. Mm -hmm. So it basically will tell you there's only, there's only one day a month that a woman can get pregnant one day. Y'all everybody thinks your whole life, you know, they teach you, Oh, you want to avoid pregnancy. It's so hard. It's so easy to get pregnant. It's not, it is not easy to get pregnant. Ask any woman who has gone through fertility issues. Mm It is, Not easy to get pregnant.
0: I mean, there's some people. It seems like they get breathed on and they get pregnant, but but there's um,
1: one day a month. Sperm can your uterus will cultivate sperm for like five to six days, though. That is important. See, that's that's the thing. Yeah, that's (laughs) so. There's only one day a month that you can actually get pregnant. But the sperm, if if it likes it, your 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 uterus and is gonna be like it's very picky about the sperm. It wants the strongest sperm. It wants the best swimmer. It wants the one that so it's going to pick out the best one, but it's going to hold on to it for like a good 5 days or so. So being aware and tracking your cycle, tracking your ovulation, all of that stuff, taking your temperature, that sort of thing. But I just say like if you're a person who is not married or who is wanting to avoid getting pregnant, use condoms, use spermicide. Mm-hmm. And then also track your cycle because I did that. I had to track my cycle when I was trying to get pregnant with both of my kids because of um, infertility. And it is number one, not only does it put you more in tune with your body, which I feel like all women should be in tune with Mm -hmm. your body, but it it really does kind of give you an idea of like track, understanding how your body works throughout the month. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I use, I use a, app called flow flow oh, yeah. flow is Flo. a good one too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, same deal. Like, and I agree even if just not for like right now, I'm not in a relationship. I'm not dating. I mean, depends on what week you talk to me, whether or not I'm dating, but, <laughs> um, at the moment I am not dating. And, um, so I'm definitely not sexually active, so I'm not worried about getting pregnant but I still am tracking it because I, I want to know what's going on with my body. It's a like I spoke to earlier, it's a really big indicator um of your health, what your period is doing. So like actually, again, I had my IUD removed three months ago. I had the weirdest period this last time. I bled for like five seconds on one day. Like yeah it just like, I was like, oh, I'm starting my period. Okay. And then I had nothing for two days. And then I had a normal period. Like, <laughs> it was so weird. And I'm like, what is going on? But I also have, in all this time that I've been tracking on flow, I also have been able to see like, oh, whoa, I like win an extra week before I had my next period. And it was because I was super stressed out. Mm-hmm. Oh, how interesting. Yep. So they're right. Stress really does affect your hormones, and it does. Let me tell you, personal experience. Yep. You can completely affect your hormones from stress in your life. I've like 100%. literally missed a period because I was so stressed out in my life. Yep. Agree. Agree. It's
1: 100 um, affect that. It can also affect you, like your performance and exercise too, right? So mm-hmm. understanding and tracking your cycle it can help you track like, okay, so like right after your cycle, okay, you're going to, it's a great time to like lift weights, right? Because mm-hmm. you're stronger, you have more testosterone in your body, your testosterone levels are higher. So it's a great time to lift weights. Whereas like the week before you start your period is a really good time to focus on things like yoga and stretching and recovery um, and things like that. Cause you're not as likely to be able to, your body's getting ready to you know, have your period and stuff. So it just really helps get apps like that. I think are great for learning so much about your body.
0: Well, I don't know about the one you're talking about, the one, but with flow, you can track all kinds of stuff. You can track yeah. uh, how much water you're drinking, what your oh, sleep yeah. is like, any symptoms you're experiencing, your mood, um, how heavy your flow is, like all this stuff. Um, so not only are you keeping track of your period, which is pretty much all I use it for, Right. But you can track all kinds of stuff. You can add notes. I like um I can go back and look at the last time I did actually have sex. It was mm-hmm. a while ago. Um <laughs> but yeah. it, well, it, the natural you know,
1: cycles one is approved is like an FDA approved
0: app. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so that's why I like that one. But yeah, I think yeah. tracking all of those things is super important.
0: Yeah, totally. Um and I know a lot of people also you, you typically hear it with, um, what you talked about earlier, which is the fertility issues, like trying to get pregnant, but it's the same thing with trying to prevent pregnancy, but temperature, taking your, your basal temperature, yeah. um, it's very effective. Um, again, also a great way to really get to know your body. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of women just don't really know their bodies very well. Um, and so I, I think that's a, a great, shift to start making is starting to really get to know your how your body's operating agree yeah what are you doing right now for birth control it's kellen sniffed oh yeah okay <laughs> oh yeah nice
1: Yeah. We made, that, we made that permanent that train has set sail <laughs> nice <laughs> that is I, ideal yes, i also uh A couple years ago, I had my uterus cauterized just because I was still experiencing, even after having my IUD out, heavy bleeding and cramping. And my doctor, instead of doing hysterectomy, because they're trying to avoid hysterectomies more these days, they used to just give hysterectomies out like candy. It's like you get a hysterectomy and you get a hysterectomy, you (laughs) You all get a hysterectomy, (laughs) all get a hysterectomy. Um, they found out like that's probably not the best thing. We shouldn't be doing that. Wow. And I don't really want to have a hysterectomy either if I don't have to. Mm -hmm. So they cauterized my uterus, which helped with the bleeding, but it did not help with the pain. So I still am trying to figure that out and whatnot. So but Mm -hmm. that's another option. So we are double protected.
0: (laughs) Nice.
1: (laughs) No babies coming over here.
0: Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, like my like mental plan right now for pregnancy prevention and all that stuff as I'm in the dating world is one this will be a great way for me to have healthier choices in dating and (laughs) um, but also like once I am in a relationship I'll probably do the timing method combined with like condoms or you know good old fashioned pull out method I don't know (laughs) (laughs)
1: careful with that one careful with
0: that one I don't know we'll see what happens I haven't you know I'm definitely not to that stage right now to have to deal with it so I mean fortunate unfortunate however you want to look at it um yeah probably like like I said a combination of timing you know the the family or the fertility what is it I always get this wrong fertility fam awareness
1: or family planning fertility awareness Whatever.
0: i always remember fam but then i can't remember what it stands for yeah. um so fertility awareness method and then uh condoms will probably be what i deal um or maybe i'll luck out and find someone that's got a snip snip visit, there you go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know uh, deal with it when it comes comes mm-hmm. time maybe i'll just be single forever and become a weird cat lady or something no never
1: I'm allergic <laughs> to cats so you can't do that <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll become a weird dog lady which is way more likely because I'm much right. more a dog person than yes. a cat person exactly. but oh my gosh so I gotta tell you speaking of which totally off topic but I sent you the picture of my vision board I created which is just yeah. a bunch of words basically right on a whiteboard mm-hmm. and I'm all, i have all like this huge whiteboard covered in all these words for it's like i said it's my vision board charlie among all those words i was like hey honey she, i was like did you find check out all the words i have on here is there any that like stand out to you or anything?" and there's one word that stands out to her dog <laughs> <She's> <laughs> that's ready. the one yeah <laughs> she's ready crazy.
1: she wants like, so
0: bad i'm like okay so i do plan on not staying here hopefully much longer so we can get a place where we can have a dog <laughs> Oh, she'll, be, she'll love it. She'll be so excited. <laughs> so funny.
1: All right. Well, we hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Um, mm-hmm. make sure you follow us on social media. We will make sure that we put um our social handles in the show notes so y'all can find us there. And yeah. that's it. Have a good day. Good chatting. Bye.
0: Bye.